pray together this morning. Baba, I come to you now in the name of Jesus. I give you praise and I give you thanks. I give you glory in Jesus' name. I thank you for the opportunity to, to come and to fellowship with your people and to bless your name and to praise you to, uh, with them together. As we speak today, as we release your word, I thank you for the anointing. I thank you for the spirit of life yes, in the name of Jesus. Yes, I thank you for revelation. I thank you for power. I thank you for enlightenment yes, in Jesus' in name. name Jesus. And the people of God would say, Amen. 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 Uh, I want to just establish something with Mamchi. Do I look here or do I look there? No, I look over here. Amen. I want us to start, Bazalwani, this morning uh, from the book of 2 Timothy. I want us today to discuss uh, the topic, the marks or the features of a true church. Uh, and the marks, uh, features of a true Christian. Nizobona namhlanje istingo sokuthi si khulume ngalendaba because of where the world is headed. It is going to be important that we begin to have an understanding of how a true church looks like because you are going to have a parallel structure that is religious. It has all the signs of what you would call a church, but that will also be released by the enemy, and uh, we will talk about those things. So, because of the things which are about to happen, which are already happening behind the scenes, as they get ready to unleash the Antichrist and the New World Agenda, there are things which are going to happen, and the church is going to be at the center to ensure that um, uh, they, they target the church. So we are talking about the marks of a, of a true church and the marks and the features of a true believer. In the book of Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, the Bible says, But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. In the last days, perilous times will come. It says in this is Zuluk Epayas Lokuti as in Sukwinzokina Kuzagvela is a kati as in Zima. Kepayas Lokuti as in Sukwinzokina Kuzagvela is a kati as in Zima. In the English Bible uh, translation, it uses the word perilous, which is which means dangerous. Uh, it also means times very difficult uh, to deal with. Difficult, difficult to deal with, it says. In Isizulu, liti ikati ezinzima. So, kuzi ikati According to what the scriptures tell us. Unfortunately, family, uh, we cannot pray or fast these things away. These things must happen. Uh, there is no such thing as holding back the Antichrist through prayer. There is no such thing as praying as the body of Christ uh, so that the Antichrist 
and the things which are spoken of in the book of Revelation and Matthew 24 going forward, those things never materialize in the earth. They never transpire. Jesus himself tells us, he says, take heed in Matthew 24, take heed that no one deceives you for many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines and pestilences, earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning, he says, the beginning of sorrows. So I want you to know, even as we get ready to just tackle this topic, as we set the scene for it, the church of Jesus Christ will be the uh, number one target of the enemy and the world system. As he prepares, as the enemy, Satan prepares to unleash, as it were, the Antichrist. Uh, he is going to require, that is going to require for him to sell the world an idea, a certain ideology. It could be um, uh, to bring peace. It could be um, <clears throat> global economic revival as, as things are going to go down, you, you're going to see. Uh, but he's going to sell the world something. And there will be consensus in the world with regards to that proposal being adopted so that they can salvage even nations and the, and, the, and the deaths and everything that will be happening at the time. Now, nations, of course, because it's, 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 it's set. That's how it's set. Nations will buy into the idea, whatever the idea it will be, but economic, political, uh, those things shall happen. Uh, they are preparing, what they are doing now, they are weakening even the sovereignty of nations. Mm. They are weakening nations in many ways, but even political analysts will not pick it up because it's prophetic. Uh, nations will, 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 will get to a point where economically they collapse because they cannot even uh, pay back the loans. Uh, IMF, uh, the, those, they are loans there, billions that nations owe. A lot of things, uh, pestilences that are engineered by men. Uh, certain things, the, 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 the riots that are engineered by people, all those things will, will begin to enhance. But all these things are meant to bring the world to a point of weakness so that when they unleash the Antichrist, he finds the world in a place of chaos. That's when then he begins to um, come up and emerge as this hero who was, who's going to save the world uh, from this... Uh, doom that's oncoming and, and it's going to be so clear that nations are really are going under uh, on many fronts. So the church of Jesus Christ will, of course, be the only entity, Elzobaistio. Uh, they will not buy into the idea. Uh, the church will not buy into the idea of the enemy because with it, there will be marks of, uh, of the enemy, as much as it will come uh, by way of peace, to bring peace, to bring, to bring stability in many areas, but it will be detected in the spirit. And so the church 
will not buy into the idea ngamanya mazwi ibandal zoba istiyo kusatane ukuthi akwazi ukuthi enze intafunukenza now that will enrage the enemy now they have always been enraged by the fact that whatever they want to do down here because of our presence they cannot do it they don't have that freedom to do whatever they want of course there is wickedness in the earth there's a there's a lot of abominations already going on in the earth but if you went to neutralize the church altogether the the the, the power of the enemy and the manifestation of the things that he wants to do will of course increase like proportionally you wouldn't even be able to do much as the body of Christ if if they neutralize the church they are afraid to do whatever they they want to do now what i'm saying to you is that the because i want you to track with me just just follow me as we begin to discuss this so the church ibandla ilona elzoba umgogo it is going to be an annoyance to the system to the global agenda of the enemy and that will enrage the enemy remember that the church pledges allegiance to the son of god not to the son of perdition the church we pledge allegiance to the lamb that was slain on the cross from the foundations of the world so whatever that gets proposed in the earth if it's not in alignment with the spirit of god and with the word of god the church will always reject that which is being proposed by the system irrespective of who uh, proposes it but the church will stand opposed to that which uh, will be presented so because of that the enemy will seek to weaken the church mm. he will seek to weaken the church to neutralize the body of christ there is prior to the unleashing of the son of perdition the bible says prior to the unleashing of the antichrist he must neutralize a voice that will seem to be strong in the earth so that when he comes he comes as the savior he comes as the hero he comes as the one to rescue the planet from uh, plummeting into levels never seen before now he would do that in two ways number one he would weaken the church as an institution in other words as the, as, as as the body corporate all over the world how would he do that uh, there will be legislation passed in nations meant to compromise the church uh, we foresee a situation where even taxation structures for, for 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 ministries for churches is such that it does not allow the church to thrive anymore so there will be a lot of things that will be done so that they can through legislation ensure that the church toes the line already at this point in some states in america there are states where the church is mandated according to the constitution to uh, marry homosexuals and lesbians whatever the case may be they 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 so legislation is very powerful it's a very powerful tool for the system to bend the church so that it 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 moves in the direction of the system or they can weaken the church they will weaken the church one christian at a time mm-hmm. one believer at a time this is why it is important that we begin to discuss with you how a true believer because at that time the nature of the church will be exposed there will be division in the church itself 
And believers will have to be strong because the enemy is able to use one believer as an entry point or as a gate even in government. Now in the States, uh, I think there are about five justices. Uh, there's something in the world called uh, liberal politics and conser conservative politics. Now in the, if the justices, five of them, if, if four of them are liberal, you rest assured you will have policies passed, laws passed that favor the system. So it is important that we understand that as individual Christian, in our areas of influence, wherever we are, we stand for the truth. We stand for the word. We understand Bible prophecy. We understand what God is, is fixing to do. And we begin to toe the line and move with him. Being a Christian is not only limited to us being in church. Wherever we are in our spheres of influence, wherever you find yourself, the enemy will seek to use you in the, in the corporate sector. You as an entry point, as a gate, as a portal, if you will. So through you, he can begin to sink the, the power of Christianity and the values thereof in Jesus' name. So understand that the enemy will seek to neutralize the church. But I tell you now, family, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard mm. against him. Because at the end of the day, even in the presence of that which will be happening in the world, the will of the Lord God must be fulfilled in the earth. At the end of the day, nations must be won. <clears throat> there must be a great harvest of souls in the midst of that which will be happening in the earth. But the will of God must be fulfilled. The Bible says on earth as it is in heaven, that which is in the heart of God must be fulfilled. In Jesus' name, before the end of all things. So as long as we are here, know that there will always be a remnant. <clears throat> There will always be a remnant. There will always be those that God will count on through whom he will begin to manifest himself and prove himself strong in the earth in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So I want you also to understand the fact that what we are moving into, the, the, the season that the world is moving into, the church will emerge, it will look like two brothers, one church. It will look like two brothers. This actually has already started. There will be what is called an Ishmael-type church. The church of the flesh, uh, works of the flesh. It's a wild church that does whatever it wants to do. There will be an Isaac-type church. The church of the spirit, the church of the covenant, the church of the promise. This is the church through which the Lord God in the heavens shall fulfill his agenda in the earth for nations. Amen. The Ishmael type church comes into existence through the works of the flesh. It's not impossible for people to see an opportunity uh, in, in, in putting together people who will give tithes and then they see that as, the, as, as a quick way of, of making money. 
somebody with a certain skill is an orator. They can speak well. They have some flamboyance about them. There is some charismatic flow going on about them. And they are able to pull crowds. And then you give them a Bible. They understand that all Bible is just text. So in the text, you have characters. You have a, a, the moral of the story. You can just play around with They've got no spirit of God in them. They haven't been called by heaven. Their churches are not registered in the heavens. That's an Ishmael-type church. And Isaac comes about by the Holy Spirit. So when I talk about Ishmael, think of one church. When I talk to you about Isaac, think of another church. Isaac comes by the Holy Spirit. It's the will of God that they come to fulfill the promise that God has made for the nations. And Ishmael comes to sabotage the destiny and promise. He comes to sabotage. Uh, he comes looking like the church, but he's, 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 the, the very purpose of that establishment is to suffocate and sabotage the purposes of God through the church. And Isaac comes to fulfill the destiny and the purpose of the church. So there will be two. This is important so that wherever you find yourself from this point onwards, be able to discern. This is why we have to discuss how a church, a true church looks like. Be able to detect, to discern the environment to see if you've, you've found yourself in an atmosphere, an Ishmael type atmosphere, or in an Isaac type church atmosphere. An Ishmael church will be liberal, a liberal church. A liberal church, everything goes. Uh, you will have to family, I want you to go look up the word uh, liberal and conservative because an Isaac is, uh, will be a conservative church. Conservative, uh, we abide by the values of family. We believe in family. We believe that there must be no sex before marriage. We believe that God created Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. Now, that will be the, the posture of the church. The, it's the Isaac church. Now, even as I talk to you right now, uh, you, some of you may feel a, a little bit uneasy. Now, imagine the system. Imagine the system that will require everybody to, to, to speak in a certain way even to rephrase certain words that the Bible uh, just calls them bluntly. You know, the Bible is, is, is not shy to call a spade a spade. Now, as we move forward, the, the, the liberal structure will want us to tweak certain words in the Bible so that they align with that which the enemy wants to see happen. So understand that an Ishmael will modernize the Bible, modernize the Bible. So that the Bible appears to be acceptable. They use the word palatable. Uh, it must be relevant to the 21st century and beyond. Uh, that's what they want to do. Isaac will call things the way that they are. An Isaac type church will call things the way that they are. <clears throat> Let me give you an example. There's a, I was looking in preparation uh, this week. Uh, I saw this article from the newspaper in England, in, in London, called The Guardian. Uh, it's a London-based publication. Now, they have an article there. Let me just quote a, a paragraph from there with regards to what is being planned along these lines. 
Uh, it says, I quote, as of 2018, one of the goals of the Chinese government's work plan, the work plan which is called promoting Chinese Christianity, Chinese Christianity, is thought reform. Let me explain that to you. As of 2018, one of the goals, I'll have to redo this, one of the goals of the Chinese government's work plan called promoting Chinese Christianity is thought reform. Thought reform. Between 2018 and 2022, the plan calls for retranslating of the Bible to find commonalities with socialism and establish a correct understanding of the text. In other words, they want to change the Bible so that it, it, it uh, dovetails or it ties up. It, it aligns itself with the ideology of the nation, which is ruled by uh, the communist uh, government of uh, Jinping. Uh, so that's what they are doing. They want to change even the very the word, the, the, the text itself, to change it so that it aligns with the system. So, family, I want you to know that they, they, they have a plan. According to this uh, quote here, they have a plan. China has a plan. I'm just quoting China's a lot of other nations. China has a plan. The plan is called promoting the Chinese Christianity. In other words, Chinese Christianity will be different from the rest of Christianity elsewhere. The goal for this is thought reform of society. They want to change the way people think because they are saying Christianity uh, alerts people to human rights, to issues of justice. Uh, Christianity is a threat. Mm. That's why Bibles, even online, are being uh, kind of the, 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 they are giving uh, 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 laws not to no, not to have those things out there. Now, understand that. It becomes necessary for us then to begin to redefine ourselves in terms of who we are so that we, get, we don't get neutralized. We need to know how a true church looks like, how a real believer looks like, so that when the time comes, which is already upon us, mm -hmm. you will fight to keep yourself the way God wants you to be. You must remain genuine, 100%. Genuine, concentrate, pure Christian. No, not diluted, nothing in there, just 100% pure in Jesus' name. So Ishmael will seek relevance through compromise. So they, they, want, they, they want to be relevant. The church, you, you're going to see this going forward. Uh, they want to be relevant. The church must be relevant. The book was written thousands of years ago. The language sometimes seems to be homophobic. I'm going to touch those things today too. So you must tweak the language of the text so that it appeals to the democratic and uh, the people out there who are into the demonic who are ruling the world, these things must be known by the church. These things must be discussed so that you understand the, the liberal agenda in the earth today. So they will seek relevance through compromise. On the other hand, you, 
as the remnant that the Lord God relies on and depends on will sacrifice relevance for truth. You will sacrifice, we have to sacrifice relevance for truth. Family, the gospel, of course, in terms of how we present it, we may use different methods compared to how they preached the gospel a couple of centuries ago. We are now in the 21st century going beyond. The method of, of, of preaching the gospel may change, but the word, message. the message must remain the same. Never touch the message. Never tamper with the message. Never tweak the message because that's what they're hoping that you will do going forward. So understand that the world system will love Ishmael and hate Isaac because of that. So they will be friends. They will seek to weaken the church. Weaken the church, uh, like I said, through legislation and all these other things uh, going forward. But know also that true believers will be singled out as conservative, as irrational. You will be called irrational. You will be called fanatic. You will be called undemocratic. You will be called sexist. You will be called homophobic. You will be called, you'll be called a bunch of bigots, intolerant people who have no place in the 21st century and beyond. It is for this reason, Bazalwan, that from time to time, you and I must discuss the features of a true church so that we hold on, we don't let go. We know what the genuine looks like and how the counterfeit looks like. If I give you the features of the genuine, you don't have to worry about the counterfeit. If umangiti bambimali, 100 trend note or genuine, you don't have to worry about the counterfeit note because you are, you are already aware of how the genuine looks like. So it is important that we begin to discuss these things in Jesus' name. You must be able to tell if you are part of God's church or part of a, a religious parallel structure. Mm. A structure that has all the, the symbolism, all the trappings of church. The problem is that it's not. It's, 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 it's got everything that you would, if you walked in there, you would believe that it's, it's a church. There are people on stage, they are singing Christian songs, by the way. There's a pulpit there. There's everything that you and I would, would associate with church. There could be even a cross up there. But the spirit of God is not there. The spirit of heaven is not there. They are not registered as a church in heaven. Remember, being registered on earth, on a document in the earth, is not enough. If you are a church, you must be registered in heaven. How do, does that happen? Because it's the will of God for you. And when you accept the call, of course, you accept the call to work for the Lord and to partner with heaven in them fulfilling a certain agenda in the earth. You align with heaven and you begin to move with them. Now, I want to discuss, Bazalwane, the marks and features of a true church. Having said all that, uh, what are the marks of a true church? The marks of a true church. If you're writing down, 
Uh, I hope you are. Please write this down. Uh, I'm not going to list everything here, but I have a couple, uh, about 10 or 12, we'll see. Try to run through them, uh, but doing justice. Ibanda, Ligatiko. One of the things that you must know about the church of Jesus Christ is that in the church, number one, Jesus is central. Jesus is central. In other words, Jesus is the main reason for that church to exist. Nothing else. Jesus is central. Jesus is central. I hope that is clear to everybody. Jesus must be at the center. Like Israel sings, Jesus must be at the core. The gist of our meeting is Christ, nothing else. Everything revolves around Jesus. Not a man, not a prophet, not an apostle, not any personality. Jesus Christ. Number two, in the church, St. Isaac type church, the Bible is final authority. It is the final authority. The word of God is the final authority. It's not popular culture that's final. It's not what the committee says. It's not what the constitution of the church says, often which opposes what the Bible says. If you are a true church, the Bible is final authority. Not the voice of social media, not our friends, the word of God. Everything in the church. If it's good, it's good because the Bible says so. If it's wrong, it's wrong because the Bible says so. Not because the majority in the church says so. The church is not run on the basis of democracy. If those who are louder say something is correct, then it becomes correct. That's not how the church of God is run. The church of God is run on the basis of the will of God as revealed in the Bible. If the Bible says this must not be done, thou shall not do this, that, and the other, that shall hold, that shall stand, irrespective of how I feel, irrespective of how the majority in the body feels. So, number two, the Bible is final authority in the church. Number three... The church of Jesus Christ, the true church, is Holy Spirit inspired, Holy Spirit powered. Uh, he, is, he is not viewed in the church as just a, a, a power battery or a power generator. When I want to do something, then I remember the Holy Spirit when I want to pray for the sick. No, in the church, the Holy Spirit runs the show. He is honored there. He is honored. The Holy Spirit is honored. It's not what I feel. Sometimes I would feel like doing something. I would bring a message that morning. But if the Holy Spirit impresses on my heart to kind of take a different route and just take the, the, the script, what I'm, I've prepared, put it away, because there's something that he must be addressed that must happen. Same thing with, with worship team and, and everything else. Sometimes... We, we would tell the, the worshipers, these are the songs, and they go and rehearse and they spend time. But come the Sunday, the Spirit of God says, no, this is just sing this song for the whole worship. There's something in this song. And 
If we are not flowing with God, you get offended. So all I'm saying is the Holy Spirit, not my intelligence, not people, runs the show. Amen. Number four, family, uh, in a church where Jesus is Lord and the church is about him. Number four, character is valued more than charisma. Character is valued. Character is put on a higher pedestal than a charisma. Charisma, uh, we have the word charis, which means gifts uh, in Greek. So the so basically what you are dealing with there is, is Galatians 5.22, which is the fruit of the Spirit, versus 1 Corinthians 12, 1-11, which are the gifts of the Spirit. You and I know that the gifts of the Spirit are important, and these must work together. They, they, they work together. Because the church needs both. But it becomes a problem when we begin to elevate a gift above the fruit. Which means that we go to the extent that we even disregard uh, the, the, the character and the lifestyle of a person. As long as they perform. As long as they can perform. You know, they perform. So how they treat their wives all their philandering and whatever else that we as men do. You know, because of, of the gift on, on my life, you, you, you want to disregard what I do because you want to lift the... No, 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 no. According the church of Jesus Christ, Amen. remember the Lord says, you shall know them by their fruit, Amen. not by their gift. We appreciate the gift. The gifts are important. The gifts are going to increase as the church uh, goes forward, because we need the working of miracles, signs and wonders, casting out of devils and all these things. But the fruit must uh, be, be, be put on a higher pedestal. Now, number five, family. Uh, one of the things you must note about the church of Jesus Christ, the true church, they preach repentance from sin. They preach, they preach repentance from dead works. The church of Jesus Christ must, the true church, if you go to a church in any province, this does not mean that the, 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 the message every Sunday will be repentance. But you know when, when repentance is in the DNA of the church, when they don't put up with, 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 with sin. Uh, at the church of Jesus Christ, they preach repentance from sin or dead works. In other words, the message that they preach brings about conviction from sin. When you see it in a ministry like that, you don't feel comfortable if you live in sin. That's how the church should be. That's how the church of Jesus Christ should look like it. We, 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 we are not meant as God's people. When I sit in a ministry and I am in sin, when the minister speaks to me, he does not uh, speak to me to massage my areas of weakness. No, he speaks to me so that I can be convicted, yes. so that I can be reminded of who I am and repent for the glory of God in the name of Jesus. <coughs> Excuse me. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Pray for me. <laughs> so a ministry like that, they tell you if you continue in your sin, you are going to hell. They tell you that. They tell you that if you do not stop sinning, uh, you are going to hell. They, so they're not shy. I'm still on number five. 
in that type of ministry, the type of church, they call out homosexuality. They call out lesbianism. They call out adultery. They call out fornication, feminism, etc. in love. Uh, everything is done so that you can know who you are, so that you, you understand that the enemy wants to delegitimize you. The, the issue of sin comes up so that you understand that the enemy wants to delegitimize the church, to weaken the church through sin, so that you don't have a voice, you cannot speak, you cannot legislate for God in the earth because whatever is in the world, it's in you too. That's the reason why the issue of sin is brought up, not to embarrass you, not to cause you shame, but to understand that you have been called as a warrior. If you have been called as a warrior, your sword must be sharp. Sin plants the sword. Sin plants the, the sword of the spirit. It doesn't hit because I am living in sin. I don't have a voice to speak because I cannot uh, cast out a devil that I play with during the day. So, number six, family. The church of Jesus Christ, they preach a lifestyle of holiness. The church preaches a lifestyle of holiness. Be careful when you are in the church for a month or two months, three months. They, it seems that everything is, you know that, uh, I know that I'm living in sin. I know that I, I am cohabiting with my partner in a flat somewhere or I am given into sexual sin. But I've been in this ministry for three months. But there's nothing uh, with regards to the word brought to me that causes me some discomfort. I don't feel that I need to repent here. I don't feel that the agency to change my ways. I've been in this church for some time now. All that uh, that's being promoted is my material wellness. That if I give this much, uh, this is the condition uh, my life will, will, will change into. Now, if you are in a church like that, no family that the church, there's an Isaac church. Then there's an Ishmael church. Other ministers will, 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 will put different terminology to it. But the fact of the matter is that at any given time, you will find yourself in an atmosphere. It's either the atmosphere of heaven or the, it's, it's an engineered structure, the parallel religious structure called the church, but it's not gone. In that church, you drift away slowly but surely from the, from, from the will of the Father. Because of, of, of what I need to cover here, allow me to just move on to the seventh feature of a church of Jesus Christ. Amen. Leaders are not lovers of money and material things. Uh, leaders, you must always, uh, leaders must always be under scrutiny. Leaders are not above reproach, as it were, when it comes to people uh, looking at their lives and scrutinizing their lifestyle. Now, in a cult, that becomes a problem because a leader is, is untouchable. Uh, so I can go into that area too, but for now, let me just tell you this. Leader, leadership in that ministry are not lovers of money uh, and material things. They don't go out of their way to, you know, to, to, to put your life and your family uh, savings at risk because they want to kind of uplift themselves and enrich themselves. That's not the church of Jesus Christ. 
Amen. Uh, I'm tempted to go further there, but let me just, let's just stop there. Number eight. Apart from prayer, there is a culture of love. There is a culture of love in the church. A culture of love, a culture of care, a culture of accountability in that ministry. Now, if you uh, juxtapose, as it were, that with the, 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 the Ishmael-type church, you know the people, you can have 5,000 people in an auditorium, but there are no real spiritual relationships there. There is no culture of accountability. In a church where materialism is lifted above holiness, there is competition amongst the believers themselves. The cars are packed according to their class. You are set in the pew depending on your status. You are called to sit in front because you are wearing a certain brand. Amongst yourselves, you begin to. There is this... Uh, Bazalwane, I, I, I pray that you understand what I'm saying to you. You discriminate. You discriminate amongst each other. Just imagine that. Uh, when you go out after church, which we love doing, you and I, go out to a hotel, have breakfast somewhere, a restaurant, you begin to pick. You want to pick a certain class of people who resemble a certain status. That not out of love, but out of class. So... There's much to discuss there. This is why a true church has a culture of love. Love everybody. We love everybody. We love everyone. Those who don't have clothes on them, we are moved to put clothes on them. We buy shoes. If you want to bring them onto your uh, clique, as it were, then buy them stuff. You know, lift them up. Bring them to your level. That's the love of God. But according to the word of God, we love people. We love everybody. So number eight, in that church, in that ministry, there's a culture of love. We know that a culture of prayer is, is in both worlds. In the, in, in the Isaac-type church and Ishmael-type church, people like to pray because that's what brings you, because you are praying for your things, you see. Yeah. When I pray, when I pray for his army, what is corner? So people love prayer. Never, never gauge the, the, the church and the, the maturity and the spirituality of the church only uh, by their culture of praying. Everybody prays, but we pray for different motives. But if you judge, judge a church, if you are to judge a church and put them under scrutiny, let there be a culture of love in that ministry. Let there be care in that ministry. Let there be a, a culture of accountability in that ministry, in Jesus' name. Number nine, Bazalwan. That church is a builder of marriages and families. That church is a builder of marriages and families. Now, let me just mention two things there, then I move on. You don't, listen to me, uh, ladies, especially this morning, listen, listening to me. You don't honor your pastor, your apostle your prophet at the expense of your husband. That's not God's church that. You do not honor your pastor uh, at the expense of your husband. You don't sacrifice family at the expense of church. Now, in the other world, in the other group, that's exactly what's happening. You must go out, go all out 
to impress and to please the man of God, even if it costs you your own marriage, if it costs you your own family, men. You know, just you just you just prefer leaving your wife so that you can just honor this man. It, it doesn't matter. They can they can suffer as long as the man is appeased. That's not God. That's that's demonic. It's not it's not God that. Alright? Amen. So understand that, Bazalwan. Uh, number ten, which is linked to, to number nine. I, I hope you're writing these things because I want you to be empowered. Now, I know that they're using the word empower out there, but I, I want you to know that I'm very big on real empowerment of the saints. Amen. Be sober. Know who you are. Know who the church is. And let's move together in power in Jesus' name. Number 10, a true church has life's priorities in the correct order. Now, I want you to listen to me carefully. I know you have been. Now, this is the order according to God. Number one, it's God. In, 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 in order of priorities in my life and in your life, at the top, it's God. Number two, it's family. Number three, it's church. I hope you understand that. Number one, it's God. Number two, it's family. Number three, it's church. Now, I don't want you to, to mix Church with God. That's what people do. You don't have God, then have church. Then you have this family suffering. At Kingdom Embassy House, I, we do expect families to go on holiday. So when it's your time, because families must be built. We're going to be talking about that too. Because it's, it's, it's first young people, children's church must be very strong. And marriages must be really strong because we are building. I said to you, a true church has life's priorities in the correct order. And number nine, I said, we are a builder of marriages and families. We don't pull them apart. We don't wreck marriages. So that somebody, a wife spends hours serving in the church and they haven't cooked. They haven't served in their own families Yet they are expected and they feel bad about it. They are told you need to take out your entire um, savings, savings your, your salary, and then begin to give it. Now, I have, I, have, I have examples of that. I know that. I know that because I've heard of that thing, people that I know. And everything, their savings, their pensions destroyed. Families fall apart after that there's divorce. Amen. Now, these, these, these last two, and then I'm going to move on to the signs of a true Christian. So remember that God, family, and church. Amen. Number 11, a true church has a heart for broken society. A true church has a heart for broken society. I am not talking about, uh, you know, just ensuring that our image as the church is... is um, is up there, so we call all the cameras and then and, and the TV people because we are going to do some, some community stuff out there. No, no, I'm talking about a real, genuine love for, for the broken in society. Amen, family. I am talking about a, a conviction that we are here as Kingdom Embassy House even for the sake of those who are out there. 
Now, the church of Jesus Christ must have a heart for those who are out there. This is why uh, very soon we are going to start talking about harvest. Uh, harvest is part of that, but most importantly, it's just giving and being a blessing, not even with the agenda of converting them. There's another mistake that we make because we are nice to people who are not born again. We are nice to people uh, who are not believers, yet we have an ulterior motive that we are hoping that we are going to... No, 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 no. Our, our ministry to the to community, to society, must be in good faith. We bless people because God wants us to be a blessing. Of course, as you do that, often people, they see the love we are demonstrating, and then they see that your God is alive and he is real. Now, finally, Bazalwan, a true church, uh, in a true church, every believer is raised to be effective in the ministry. Now, this is important. I said in a true church, God's church, every believer is raised to be effective in the ministry. In other words, as your, as, as, as your leader, uh, as your pastor, as it were, uh, I expect you to walk in miracles, signs, and wonders. These are not exclusive powers for your prophet. They are not exclusive powers for, for your apostle. They would want you to believe so because if I told you that you can also cast out devils wherever you go, you can pray for the sick, you can do mighty works, it seems as if it takes something from me because you came to this church because I was doing stuff. You came to this church because I was, I was you know, I am the man. I am your celebrity. The, the, the new apostolic model says that the, the saints shall cast out devils. Why? Because the world that is not in the church, there's too many of them. We cannot allow anymore for these things to be exclusively belonging to a certain exclusive group of the elite. Celebrities, no. Every believer, these signs and wonders shall follow those who believe. Those who believe. In the last days, the Spirit of God shall come upon all flesh, the Bible says, in Jesus' name. So, I want you to have an appetite for miracles, yes. an appetite for signs and wonders, knowing that God has called you to be anointed. God has called you to be a blessing in your generation. Yes. I don't know how much time we have, but allow me for the last 15 can I have 10 minutes? Yes. Amen. It's 10 minutes, Bazawana. Just, just forgive me for 10 minutes. Let me just go through the signs of a true believer. Then we are, we are going to close. Amen. Number one, a, a true Christian is spiritually born into the church. It, you don't just physically join. You are spiritually born into the body. It involves repentance and being born again through the blood of Jesus, your sins being forgiven. Now, coming into the body and physically sitting on a chair for three months without being born again does not make you a Christian. So number one, a true, maybe that's where the problem begins because sometimes we come and sit, we come with our friends to the point where we are familiar with the lifting up of hands. We are familiar with the songs. We are familiar with, with, with the very uh, nature and culture of that particular church. But we have not given our hearts. We have not given our lives to Jesus Christ. So, number one, a true Christian is spiritually born into the church. 
doesn't just physically join by filling up a membership form. All right, number two, a born-again Christian, a true believer, has a new ID in the spirit, a new citizenship. In other words, when you get born again, you realize that your old life has been messed with. You become, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Remember that scripture, old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Amen. Amen. So, you, you are now a member of the household of faith. You belong to a new nation. Uh, number three, a believer has a new culture. It ties up with what I said in number two, you having a new ID and a new citizenship. Number three, you have a new culture. In other words, you have a new way of life. You have a new way of life. What does that mean? In other words, now I do life differently. differently. I used to do life this way. Now that I'm a born again believer, I do life God's way. Mm. I do life the word's way. Amen. I do life as heaven wants me to live. So I have a new culture. I have new features. Amen. Amen. In Jesus name. Number four, a true Christian carries marks of death on them daily. In other words, we are daily being crucified. Our flesh is being crucified on a daily basis. What are marks, marks of death? Uh, when, when, when I have to apologize often, uh, not because I am being weak, because there is this nature which I am trying to resist on the inside, which would have punched his nose. I would have punched his nose. Trust me. I would have locked his jaw. According to my old nature. So I'm, I'm working with this thing. Uh, I, I want the nature of God to manifest in me. So what happens is I carry on a daily basis the marks of death. In other words, I am dying daily. Me uh, allowing someone to step my toes and not say sorry. And just keep quiet still. It's a mark of death. Because in the old life I would have grabbed him. <laughs> seriously and, and, and sorted that out in two minutes so when I decide not to do that that's a mark that I am dying I am allowing the word to work me Amen. in marriages we have those circumstances as men you step out into the world there's these young girls uh, you know they, 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 they appeal they, they attract you we carry marks of death, marks of, we, we are being nailed. We choose to be crucified with Christ on the cross. We carry marks of death. We allow Jesus to win every day. Let's move on, family. Number five, we are planted in a church. As God's people, we are planted in a church. A true Christian must be planted in a church, Bazalwan, it's it's. I know that it's wonderful to have uh, somebody on TV watching a service, but according to the word, we must gather together. Do not forsake the gathering together. Amen. So a, a, a true Christian has a church family, submits under spiritual leadership. Yeah. That's where accountability comes. 
You don't just go hop everywhere and you sit there, you're sitting there, judgmental. Uh, we will discuss those things going forward in terms of uh, a, a person serving in a ministry, how we're supposed to handle all those things. Amen. But as I move on, you must be planted in the church and be committed in that particular church. Be committed. Have a home. Have a spiritual home where you are committed. Amen. Number seven, uh, uh, number, number six, uh, we practice the three disciplines. I'm almost done, family. I'm, I'm almost done. We practice the, the, the three disciplines of, of praying. You pray, you fast, and you give. We pray. I'm talking about as individuals now. We pray, we fast, and we give. Remember, that's what Jesus told the disciples. When you give, when you fast, and when you pray, he didn't say if, he said when. When you give, when you pray, when you fast. A Christian must keep those three disciplines in place. It's important. Now number seven, and then we are done. This is the last one. Now the most important thing in the life of a true Christian is to please God at any cost. You measure a, a true believer by the extent to which they are willing to go to please their father. You might have to uh, disappoint your friends. You may need to disappoint people that you were uh, in their uh, circle for many years. You know, people you were in their clique, uh, but when they begin to push boundaries, when they begin to step into the realms of your, of your core values, as it were, of family, of, of marriage, of, uh, of faithfulness, uh, to my wife and, and things like those, things I can watch and not watch, you begin to show them that no, your allegiance, your allegiance is with the king of kings, not with the best friend. Your allegiance is with the word of God, not the, the, the most vocal person in the group. So finally, they please God at any cost, whatever it costs to please him, we go for that in the name of Jesus. Perhaps it's the, it's the overarching feature of a true Christian. We go out to please the Father at any cost. In the last three minutes, I want to ask you a question, family. I want you to listen to this question very carefully. If you were to be arrested, and my kids are listening to me now, if you were to be arrested for being a Christian, now listen to this. If you were to be arrested for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence against you? Take uh, church attendance, put it aside. Don't consider that as evidence. If you were to be arrested for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you in the court of law? Besides, let there be plenty of evidence, plenty of evidence that indeed we are God's people. What is there about you other than going to church that says this person is a true Christian? What is there? Would they run to you to say this person indeed is a Christian because of one, two, three. Cancel out church attendance. Yeah. So I want to challenge you, family, because we are moving into a season where the true church must emerge, 
where true Christians must begin to arise and begin to understand that we are more effective outside the church building and we are more impactful out there than we are in the building. So with these words, understand family, the church of God is, is rising up and you are part of it. You are part of the church that God is raising. And I pray in the name of Jesus that God will anoint you, that God will strengthen you in the midst of the challenges, in the midst of the tribulations, in the midst of the stuff that you are going through. But I felt you needed to know that God has got a bigger picture. God is building his church. The world is working behind the scenes. Machinations of the enemy afoot underground behind the curtain but with that God is also preparing his bride God is also preparing what must happen through the church in Jesus name let's pray together family now father in the name of Jesus we give you praise I thank you for your people in the name of Jesus I thank you for everyone watching connecting via Facebook live those uh, connecting via Zoom, these are your people. They are your inheritance. We have uh, been born into this season, into this era for a reason. We are living in the last days that we may be a blessing in the earth for the glory of God in Jesus' name. So I give you thanks for all of them. For, the, for those who are connecting us from overseas, Obule and, 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 and everybody else. Father, pray with me, family, in Jesus, wherever you are. In the name of Jesus, let the true, true church arise. Let the true remnant begin to arise. In the name of Jesus. 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 Father, we thank you. We thank you. Family, have a great week ahead. Know who you are. The anointing of the Lord rests upon you. Yes, he gives Lord. you a sword and a shield to slay that Goliath. Yes. No weapon formed against, against you shall prosper. Mm. Yes, a weapon will be there. It will be forged already, but it will not prosper against you. Whatever weapon, financial weapon, whatever it is, we pray in the name of Jesus that that which the enemy has, has organized and planned for you and your family and your marriage shall not uh, succeed yes. because God wants to work through you and with you in Jesus' name to be a blessing for the glory of 